Hello, and welcome to Adventurous Polyamory, the podcast where we rip off the shrink wrap and get into the messy reality of our lifestyle. I'm Rachel Barth, your hostess with the mostest. And I'm here to open up a big old can of truth and honesty about the joys and pitfalls of polyamory. I don't know if you can hear the little noises in the background. I am curled up in bed with my dog, which is the only place I want to be these days. It's warm, it's cozy, and my dog cannot talk. But I want to talk about how this painful situation in the Middle East might be affecting your polycule slash family and how to deal with it as peacefully as possible. I actually recorded a whole episode about this with John, but God laughed at me and my iPad ate the episode. That's how it goes sometimes, right? Well, here's where I'm at with it. I have already been through a couple rounds of conversations about it with people who I'm close to, and I did not expect it to get so heated. Those conversations were infuriating and upsetting for me and left me crying, shaky, and off my game for days afterwards. So what I'm interested in today is strategies for maintaining my mental health as we go into the holidays with this heavy, frightening business hanging over us. So first off, let me set my parameters. I am not here to talk about the actual conflict in Israel and Palestine. I'm taking it one step away to look at how we are engaging with each other around this topic. It's huge, it's scary, and people are extremely passionate about it. I'm not an expert on geopolitics, nor on the history of the Middle East, so I feel that my opinion on what is happening bears little weight in the overall scheme of things. And I'm completely fine with that. I can't imagine how stressful and outright painful it must be to have the job of making decisions about what to do in this situation. I feel quite lucky and privileged to be a simple nobody right now. The privilege of being nobody, huh? That's pretty much... My whole approach to this, actually. The conversations I got drawn into blew up in a couple of ways. The first one went sideways because my friend, my very dear friend, who I've known well over 20 years, decided to treat me as if she somehow knew a lot more than me about the background of this war. And... Despite trying to come off like a big expert, she didn't seem to have any idea about the anti-Semitic attitudes we are seeing lately on the left, particularly among college students at elite universities. And I really started to lose my shit. People within driving distance of my home hate me, maybe want to harm me because of my religion. And she's coming at me like I imagined it. And I was just done. Just done. And here's my position on that now. 
I am not so important that I absolutely must contribute to the conversation. Both Israel and Palestine will rise or fall based on a variety of things, and my opinion isn't one of them. I'm not obligated to educate someone who's ignorant, even offensively ignorant. Even if I had a damn PhD in economics and another one in Middle Eastern history, I'm still not obligated to expend my precious life energy and my all-too-finite patience on educating people who don't even want to be educated, which, by the way, is pretty much everyone. I mean, this person is someone who's been an important part of my life for, I want to say, 25 years now. She's close enough to me that she's like a member of my own family. And even she didn't say to herself, wow, this is really important to Rachel. And since she's Jewish and I'm not, maybe I'll try to think about her position here. No, she jumped right ahead to I know better and... Uh, went ahead and acted as if I was crazy. And that's, I mean, if someone who is very close to me is going to be that big of a butt, I don't imagine that anyone else is going to be better because usually the people who are close to you, they should be the best case scenario, right? So if this is the best case scenario, I don't even want to know about any other scenario. The point is, I don't owe that labor to anyone. And beyond that, I cannot flatter myself that it would make any difference. All the stress, and what difference would it make? None, except the ulcer I would probably give myself. The truth is something I've looked at here before, and I still see no lie. No one really wants to hear anyone else's opinion, much less agree with it, or learn from it. If I'm being extra honest, I have to include myself in there. After all, I was deeply uninterested in my friend's opinion, wasn't I? So that's my first takeaway from all this stress. I do not have to try to educate anyone, no matter how pathetically dumb they might seem. Taking it back home to polyamory, I would say that Within the confines of your polycule, this is extra useful. Because the war will come and go. And may that please be soon. But we hope our relationships will last. So please, feel liberated now to stop trying to tell everyone how wrong they are. And if they insist on telling you how wrong you are, Simply nod and say, thanks for sharing your opinion. And then, if your self-control is starting to slip, just get up and leave the room. The overall quality of your relationships with your loved ones is much more important than whether or not you are both on the same page about the political future of Palestine. Do you understand what I'm saying?
We can't truly know the future. But your relationships are happening right now. It's real right now. Whether or not you hurt and disrespected someone you love is real right now. Whether you created a situation in which you then wound up hurt and upset, that's real right now. So, as I say, please feel empowered to stop trying to tell everyone how wrong they are. And please feel empowered to simply get up and leave the room. Okay, on to my next thing. Here is how my second awful conversation about Israel went completely off the rails. A dear loved one began to talk to me about the situation. And although I did not want to discuss it, since I was still kind of bruised from the last conversation, I tried to participate. However, this was not going to work out for either of us. She informed me that clearly we are heading for a global conflict because Nostradamus said that World War III will begin in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean with a straight face and everything. Unable to keep my own face fully straight, I replied that commentators I've been listening to suggest that it's very unlikely that any nations will enter the conflict simply because of basic economic concerns. It's quite sad to say it out loud, but the Palestinians are in such terrible conditions that they are not in a position to be a good economic partner with anyone. I said that this will be no different from other serious conflicts that have failed to draw support due to the overall lack of economic motivation. I realize this sounds incredibly heartless and cynical on my part. I have included in the show notes a list of other genocidal conflicts which the entire world has basically ignored for similar reasons. Literally everyone listening to me now is probably guilty of ignoring these conflicts. I am also guilty of ignoring these conflicts. I say these things not to shame any of us but merely to illustrate why I said what I said. My loved one, naturally, was very upset by my reply. Looking back, I think that she was trying to express her anxiety and sadness. And instead of being supportive, I basically told her that she was being an idiot. So it was exactly like the previous conversation, except this time it was reversed and I got to be the condescending asshole. And by the way, let me just point out, I could have avoided all of this discomfort simply by observing the suggestion which I already laid out, which was to not attempt to educate her. I upset her by educating her. It was exactly like the previous conversation. As you might expect, my loved one, began to tell me in a loud voice about how it was a humanitarian crisis and made it clear that I was being a shitty human for offering this cold-hearted rebuttal. Honestly, I mean, maybe she was right. However, I got overwhelmed and flooded by her anger 
and quickly left the room. I went to bed and cried. And here's what I figured out in the morning. I'm not a therapist, and I'm not obligated to be the recipient of anyone else's pain. I have my own pain to manage right now, and I don't have any extra bandwidth. This doesn't make me a bad person or mean that I don't care about what's happening to thousands of mothers and children right now. I do care, but I have to care about myself more. I cannot continue to be of service around here if I spend the rest of the year losing my shit continuously and likely wind up needing a restful stay in a psychiatric institution. So, I could have stayed in that conversation with my loved one, refrained from attempting to educate her or offer my opinion, and simply been there for her and held space for her to express her feelings and her thoughts. And that would have been fine and probably would have been helpful for her. But it wouldn't have been helpful for me because it would have required a huge, huge amount of self-control for me to be that supportive when I am feeling very strongly that I need support myself. So this is what I mean when I say I am not under obligation to do this emotional labor for anyone. I only have the spoons to do emotional labor for myself right now. So even if I love you a lot, that really doesn't mean that I can sit through a conversation about Israel and Palestine with you. I really don't think that I can. And I'm allowed to say that. So that's my takeaway. I have the right to politely refuse to get drawn into any conversation about the war. I can say something like, I'm sorry, my mental health is not good enough to sustain this topic. I can't talk about this today. If they can't respect that, which, by the way, is very likely, if they can't respect that, I'm always free to get up and find something else to do. I have no doubt I will have to deploy this strategy at Thanksgiving. Everyone in the family will be there, as well as many other loved ones. I'm looking forward to it very much. But I'm not sitting through three straight days of fruitless and painful political discussion. I don't owe that to anyone, not even my own mom and dad. So those are the two insights I've had. I don't owe you an education, and I don't owe you emotional labor. Veterans of the Me Too and Black Lives Matter movements will recognize these insights, I am certainly not the only person to have these realizations. It just hits differently for me now because I'm not a white ally here. I'm a person of Jewish descent. It's my personal death that thousands of people around the world are cheering for. It's my turn in the hot seat. And so is my turn to have these simple understandings. I don't owe anyone access to my mind or my heart. I come first with me. My own well-being comes first. Okay, so let's bring it back to the polycule. My contention here is that my own firm boundaries will be protective for my loved ones as well. 
What good can be served by engaging in frequent arguments with my sweeties, fueled by stress, anxiety, and upset? I'm not the only Jewish person in my polycule. But we also have someone who's Lebanese, someone who's Palestinian, and even someone from an Iranian background. I like to think that we, collectively, are a tiny vision of peace in the Middle East. You can see, though, that talking war and politics in this company could be very complicated and painful. It's not only my own feelings I hope to protect. And I'm surely not the only person who is dealing with strong, confusing, and upsetting feelings right now. Any conversation which is overwhelming for me might very well be a severe trial for the other person as well. We might hurt each other without intending to. And I would prefer to avoid that all around. So I have extra motivation to withdraw from combat. I love a little recreational arguing as much as any other Jewish nerd out there. Uh, Socratic dialogue is literally the cornerstone of Jewish education. But not when it's bound to turn bad. As they say in the martial arts, the hallmark of mature strength is knowing how to avoid having to fight. And so here is my personal permission to leave the field of combat. Please, please feel empowered now to protect yourself and your loved ones from the passion of these pointlessly unpleasant interactions. Instead, savor the peacefulness and joy which we are so privileged to have available to us right now. There's people all over the world right now who don't have the option of relaxing, but we do have that option, and I urge you to take advantage of it. Leaving aside all the complications of the Judeo-Christian texts, I offer you a quote from Confucius. To put the world in order, we must first put the nation in order. To put the nation in order, we must first put the family in order. To put the family in order, we must first cultivate our personal life. We must first set our hearts right. I love this quote with its vision of a more peaceful world set in motion by personal rectitude. I want to let this spirit guide me through the coming months and help to make peace in my own tiny corner of life. And I hope it helps you too. That's all I have for now. Thank you for listening. Do you have any topics you want to hear about on this podcast? Or would you like to tell me that I'm being an idiot? Please get in touch with me at unlimitedheartcoaching at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at unlimitedheartfreedom. Drop me a DM. I will answer. As always, I am available for coaching sessions. And if you feel you could use some help, get in touch with me for a free exploratory session. I appreciate you all so very much. And I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks.